Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. What is up, Clitorati? It's Tuesday again, and we're all here navigating how to have a pleasure-filled lifestyle. Today, we have our new favorite male sex expert here to teach us how to inspire the men in our life to not only be a better lover, but a more satisfied partner. Please welcome back the man who pairs scientifically validated, medically accurate information about sexual health with sacred sexual teachings. And he helps men go beyond surface level sex into full bodied, self expressed, pleasure oriented sexual experiences free of anxiety or shame. Thank you so much for being here. The one, the only, Cam Frazier. Oh, thank you so much. Just give me a bit of, I love that intro. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> yes, we, we had you on. We did. We did a video with you and then we had you on. Now we have you back again. He he was the one that taught us, ladies, how to what to do with the flaccid penis and literally changed the way I think about flaccid penises. It was so it was amazing. Yeah. Check out our Patreon, our Clit Talk Confidential, our VIP. Yeah, he did it with the video. He had a, a, a prop, he had a prop dick and everything. It was very, very informative. <laughs> you will learn to love the flaccid penis. We and if did. you haven't listened to our, our last episode with him. It was incredible. It's we really went through and we busted a lot of the myths about men and um, what we as women can do for those of you in a heterosexual relationship. And today we really wanted to get down into the nitty gritty. This is the episode to have your boyfriends or your husbands or your brothers or your brothers from another mother listen to because we're going to get or deep down. <laughs> oh, your dad. Oh my god. <laughs> Or your landlord. You know, my mom might appreciate that, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to rec- call your dad, Katie, and tell him to listen to this. <laughs> 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 take that on. <laughs> you, should oh my call my, you should call my dad, Lindsay. I actually could call your dad. And tell him, <laughs> me and him are cool like that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't really call my dad. It's I'm, okay. I'm, I love that Katie has to tell us not to, like, she's not sure if we're getting. I'm not listening to every episode. She's not sure if we're getting it. So she's like, she's never sure if we're serious. Okay. Anyways, so we are really getting into the nitty gritty. How do men become better lovers? Yeah. What a question. And and there's so many places to start. Um, The, the, the way that I approach this is uh, I, I use an analogy. This is not a perfect analogy. I'll admit that. But um, I often say to guys, the way that you masturbate is the way that you're going to have sex, right? And the analogy is, you know, masturbation is like training for the big game, right? Which is uh, partnered sexual experience. And the reason why that's not a perfect analogy just quickly is because I also think that solo self-pleasuring can also be the big game as well. I think they're both as equally mm. as important as one another. But just for the sake of this kind of um, conversation, the way that you masturbate is the way that you have sex. It's very, very similar in terms of um, how you condition yourself to experience, experience pleasure when you're by yourself is very typically the way that you're going to try and experience pleasure when you're with a partner. So if you're mm-hmm. masturbating, and I talk to guys, talk to many guys about the way they masturbate, and I get three 
common responses. They're very, um, it's very often guys will say to me they're either hunched over a computer screen with uh, a mouse in one hand and a cock in the other and they're just kind of looking at their favorite tube site or they're on a couch or they're in bed and they've got their phone in one hand and they're swiping and they've got their cock in their other hand and they're just kind of going through the motions. Or they tell me that they're in the shower and they're behind, you know, a screen and they've got the door closed and 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 they're just kind of doing it um, as quickly as possible here in Australia, maybe even faster, so that they don't waste any water and get a fine by the water corporation. But you're, um, you've got these. You've got Does these that three, really happen? Uh, we've got set days and, and shower times a lot of times, so it's a very oh, uh, water scarce country here. So um, that's a different conversation. Wow. Um, we uh, <laughs> we uh, so we have this very um, very rigid way that a lot of guys are masturbating, right? And and. And hopefully men, if they're listening, resonate with those three ways. It's very common to have something um, like that. Uh, and the the problem, I'll say, uh, I don't want to problematize that, but one of the problems that can come up when we masturbate that way exclusively is we create these patterns and these habits in our body. Mm. And um, and so one of those habits is um, you're going straight for the genitals, going straight for the cock, going straight for you know stimulation of the genitals. This masturbatory style, maybe jackhammer, you know, up and down motion um, that guys just instinctively kind of go for. And <laughs> the way that that then manifests in partner-based sex is you know guys go straight for their genitals, so they're just going to go straight for their partner's genitals, and you know they're going straight for uh, friction-based up and down sex, which just looks like in and out style penetration. Right. So they're, they're translating what they do by themselves into the way that they're sexual with their partner. It's very common for guys to just kind of overlap those two things and let one inform the other. So, uh, so what happens in, 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 in terms of like sexual experiences together is guys will oftentimes neglect, uh, other areas of their partner's body, other areas of their own body, uh, will like rush for penetration as opposed to experiencing um, you know, lots of other types of sensation and stimulation. Um, and, and what can happen as well is the reverse is often true. If uh, I've spoken to a few women about the way that they self-pleasure and the way that they masturbate is um, they might start with other areas of their body and work their way towards their vulva, work their way, work their way towards their clitoris and kind of warm themselves up first. And then when they go and have you know, a sexual encounter with their male partner, they'll touch their male partner the way that they touch themselves, just the way that men touch their partner, the way that men touch themselves. And so instead of going mm. straight for his genitals, which is what kind of he is expecting and what he does himself, they'll kind of start by touching all these other things and kind of you know, nibbling on his ear or warming up his body and expecting mm-hmm. him to kind of you know, get aroused that way And because um, that's the way that she kind of maybe does that herself. And so we've got this kind of mismatch or this miscommunication in the way that these two partners are touching one another. You know, they're, they're touching each other the way that they touch themselves. I mean, uh, you know, is, is that's kind of like the golden rule that I talk about, which is, um, you know, I think it was in the Bible. I don't know where this kind of golden rule came from, but it's like treat others the way you want to be treated. Uh, and so we touch others the way that we want to be touched. But really what we should be doing is, you know, treating others the way that they want to be treated, touching others the mm. way that they want to be touched. Um, and mm. so, uh, and so what I kind of share with men, for example, is, um, you know, Ask your partner, you know, what it is that that um, she does when she's self-pleasuring. Like if she's open to sharing about it, like, hey, I, I want to kind of learn about your pleasure. Let's, you know, explore what that actually looks like. And oftentimes it's like, okay, you know, I don't want you to just go straight for 
my vagina. I don't want you to just go straight for penetration. There's like this other sensation and pleasure that I'm open to experiencing. And, and something that I'll share with women is if you've got a male partner, um, typically I would say start at his genitals. You know, you can ask him, but he's probably going to say, yeah, touch my dick because that's what he's kind of used to doing himself. But start at his genitals. And once that kind of arousal is built, then spread that arousal across his body, right? So um, it's kind of the inverse of one another. For for men, when they're touching their partner, start at the extremities and work your way towards the genitals. And if you're a woman touching a, a man's body, start at his genitals and work your way out. So you've got this um, kind of inverse mm. way of touching one another, which typically adds to, um, you know, adds to prolong the experience as well uh, because it's not just overstimulating his cock the whole time. Uh, when we start to think that that's all you can do, then that typically becomes quite overstimulating and and guys will end up uh, ejaculating before they're ready, before their partner's ready. Um, so that's like a, a just a, a useful bit of mm. information to, to do when you're partnering pleasure. Well, yeah. And you, you, you talk about that. So what, it, so you talk, you, you do talk about like, you know, some of the biggest concerns for men in this realm that there's like elect, uh, you know, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, which you we were talking about and performance anxiety. So what is your best advice for starting the journey of overcoming some of those big concerns for men? Well, I often find that, um, they're all linked together. So mm. premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction are kind of two sides of the same coin. And the kind of split between them is anxiety, is performance anxiety. So mm. um, if you're if you're experiencing some erection difficulties or if you're experiencing like a quick or early ejaculation, the thing that you need to work on, a thing that's going to be helpful for you is minimizing your anxiety. Um, oftentimes that's the, the, the thing that instigates that, that physical manifestation or that, that quote unquote dysfunction. So one of the ways, and we know this from you know, psychology to mindfulness to yoga, whatever it is, is get in control, get in control of your breath, start to learn how to breathe properly. And by what I mean by that is like breathe down into your belly, down into your diaphragm. You can engage your diaphragm in what's called diaphragmatic breathing and uh, when you start doing that, when you start breathing down into this part of your body, you start to engage your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your your relaxation response. It's your rest and digest response. So um, when you are slowed down like that, when you're starting to lower the heart rates and you're starting to release tension from your body, you will find that you experience more pleasure. You find that you um, you don't come as quickly. And I can kind of speak about the reason why, but you, you find that these things that are related to anxiety or related to um, tension, I'm talking mental tension here, um, tend to, tend to um, resolve themselves. And, and one of the reasons why is because of the feedback loop that we have between our body and our, and our brain, our body and our mind. When we start to release mental tension, mental anxiety, uh, we start to notice that we release physical tension and physical tightness as well. So I, I tend to think of the, the body I'm talking male bodies here specifically as a sponge. And so guys, mm. uh, guys are really, really good at soaking up tension, right? Um, we, we soak up tension like we soak up, like a sponge soaks up water. And tension is not a bad thing, right? If you speak to an engineer, tension is really good at holding up buildings and things like that. Uh, and sexual tension is, is tends to be a good thing, right? If we're able to play around with that dynamic and we have sexual tension in our relationship with our partner, it's, you know, it can add to that spark. So tension is not necessarily a bad thing, but when we're soaking up, let's in air quotes here say bad tension from 
you know, uh, from work stresses, from family stresses, from kids stresses, from, uh, I mean, getting cut off in traffic, whatever it is, this tension that kind of manifests in the body, um, is re- guys are really good at holding onto that. And so mm. when they're going into a sexual experience with their partner, for example, they're already like a sponge is like waterlogged with all this water. A guys are going into a sexual encounter kind of tension logged. Their body is like already full of all this tension. And so then we try and pour a little bit more water onto a, onto a waterlogged sponge. We try and uh, add a little bit of sexual tension onto, you know, this guy's body who's already full of tension. <laughs> he's got, yeah. he's, he's got no capacity. And then so he ends up leaking, right? The sponge ends up leaking and uh, the male body ends up leaking, which looks like a, a, a quick ejaculation. So mm. one of the ways in this analogy to, to, prolong that sexual encounter and, and appreciate that really slow buildup of sexual tension is before you go into that sexual experience, like you wring the sponge out of water. You want to wring your body out of all that tension. And so one of the ways of doing that, like I said, is breathing. But another way is like doing some stretching, doing some opening up, right? Starting to release muscular tightness from your body, particularly from your lower back and your pelvic floor. A lot of guys have heaps of tension. I mean, we can talk about this as well, but have heaps of tension in their ass uh, because they have like this fear response of anything going up there, mm-hmm. for example. Um, but lower back specifically, there's a big correlation between lower back tension and tightness and just lower back problems um, and sexual dysfunction. Uh, but because mm-hmm. we don't really equate those two, um, oftentimes it goes unnoticed. So being able to relax see- and release your body is really important. So you're talking a lot about tension and do you see a direct correlation between that and confidence in men? Because when we get letters from our male listeners, one of the bit, one of the top questions that we always get is, you know, how do I, I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lack of confidence. What do I, what do I do? What are your best tips for like gaining more confidence in bed? I'm just not feeling like, do you see a direct correlation between like tension and anxiety and, and confidence? Or are they a little bit separate? Well, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say like, look, go and um, go and stand up. If you're listening to this, stand up and like squeeze your whole body for 30 seconds. Like hold as much tension as you can in your body for 30 seconds and then let go and notice how you feel psychologically, mentally, emotionally after that. Yeah. And um, I almost guarantee you that doing that is going to firstly like it's tough to do. So you're going to feel a little bit fatigued afterwards. It's also going to yeah. like agitate you a little bit as well. It's quite. Um, yeah, it's quite annoying almost to, to kind of hold that much tension in your body for a prolonged period of time. And, and that obviously is going to have then an effect in the sexual sense of like not feeling super comfortable and not feeling like you're um, in like a, a word that I use a lot is present, right? And I define presence as being fully aware of the sensations, the physical sensations mm-hmm. that you feel. If you're, if you're, if you're tightened up and you're, you know, like a fistful of tension, mm-hmm. um, you're not feeling anything except for that overarching mm. kind of numbness, that dull kind of ache of tension. So you can't yeah. feel anything. Um, and so by releasing that, by doing some relaxation exercises, not in a really woo-woo type of way, but just in a really practical way, you can start to feel more. And when you start to feel more, you're like, oh, that actually feels good. Or that actually feels not so good when you do this to me. And you can then have a bit more of a understanding, a robust understanding of your sexual uh, experience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. Lindsay Sugar and myself have experienced true transformation in our lives by doing Clit Talk podcast. And we've been thinking a lot about how can we take our 150 plus episodes and take the best things and put it into a digital course to deliver to you so you can get your results fast. We are so excited and we feel like we have created something that is going to provide value to you. We are launching a sample of our sex and empowerment digital course at the end of May. What we're promising is that at the end of five days, you'll have a whole new skill set to make more time for yourself, your pleasure. You're going to learn how to identify and communicate your desires effectively. Let me tell you, it would be awesome. The free five-day digital course will take place from May 24th to May 28th, and Clit Talk will be hosting foundation calls each day on Zoom. These calls will typically be about 30 minutes in length, so head on over to our Instagram and click the link in our bio for reals, do this for yourself. It will only enhance your fabulous life. Hey, Clitorati. We wanted to take a quick minute to share about our Patreon. You know, we absolutely love being able to create weekly episodes and continue to normalize our message of pleasure on earth. Our Patreon is a monthly subscription crowdfunding platform that allows us here at Clit Talk to have the flexibility to expand our message without having to worry about how it's going to financially impact us personally. We are committed to expanding and creating new and exciting things like live events and a safe VIP community so you can share and be heard in real time. So if Clit Talk makes a difference for you and you'd like to connect with us on a whole new behind the scenes level, please consider supporting our Patreon. Your support makes a huge difference for us so we can make a difference for you. The tension that you were talking about that we hold in our body, um, something that I just saw in that is that that kind of creates a disconnection in, ter- in terms of ourselves. And I was thinking when I feel tense, I'm not actually present to anything other than the tension I'm holding. And totally. something that really triggers me um, is like disconnected sex. But I'm in, a, I'm in an open, committed, non-monogamous relationship. Some might call it poly, whatever lingo you like to use, just to give you the world. And um, something that I really noticed in my community is like, being able to distinguish connected sex and disconnected sex. The cool thing is, is in my community, we can talk about it and be like, hey, I feel like our sex is a little disconnected. Did What did you think about that? So we mm-hmm. can work on that with each other. <clears throat> so I just got a lot out of that presence conversation because then there's actually something uh, at stake, like more pleasure, like more connection. Um, so thank you for for the way you created that. Yeah, yeah. I um, I like to like extrapolate that, especially for men as well. If like, if you want to connect better to what your partner's feeling sexually, like if you're if you've got a female partner, like the the relaxation that you can have in your body, and the more you can feel in your body, if you then are being sexual with your partner and notice something come up in you, notice like a hesitation kind of come up in you, or notice some tension arise in you. It's very common that's also coming up in your partner as well. So the more, mm. quote unquote, present you can be, and, and again, that very practical definition of presence, you know, being aware of what sensations arise in you. If you notice something arise, it's probably arising mm. in your partner as well. And mm. so this is one of the ways of then tuning into you know, her energy, if you want to call it that, or what's going on for her. And so um, you can then communicate about that. I'm curious if there's if you have advice for me to do the inverse of what my husband did to me so that I can reciprocate. Um, so he did this. I, I've been having issues with my back. So he started, he was massaging my back and then he's like, wait a minute, take off your clothes. And I was like, I just don't really want to have sex right now. And what he did was had me lay on my bush 
vibrator while he massaged CBD into my back. And it released so much tension for me because he kind of got the uh, stimulation from like internal and external. So how could, is there a way for me to like, where would I put the vibrator on him? Like, can you lay on it? Does that do anything? Or like, Can you use a vibrator on a penis? I like massage his back. Is there something that um, I could, you know, could also be doing at the same time? Yeah, totally. So um, to answer that question, you can use a vibrator on a penis. And um, <laughs> the, uh, the areas that you could think about stimulating, for example, is the perineum. So that space in between the genitals and the anus, oh. uh, placing a vibrator up against that. And it can typically you can press quite firmly into that area of the body as well. And it's an external stimulation point for the prostate as well. Uh, so pressing up a vibrator, like a wand vibrator, for example, is really helpful for um, stimulating that area. Uh, and then also another area that you can stimulate the penis with a vibrator is the frenulum, which is the kind of underside of the penis where the shaft meets the head. Um, even if a guy okay. has been circumcised, there's still usually a, a frenulum there. Um, typically it doesn't get removed through circumcision. So, uh, And then if all else fails, you can also stimulate the head of the penis around the kind of ridge, which is called the corona, um, which I shared before. Uh, <laughs> and, the, um, and the reason why is because the head of the penis is usually very, very sensitive to um, like stimulation that's quite... Uh, light and quite soft, like a vibration, like the, the tip of a, uh, a one vibrator, for example. Um, mm. But there's a whole host of amazing toys out there specifically for people that have penises. Um, I'm an ambassador for Love Honey uh, and they have a whole range Ooh. of incredible male masturbators and male vibrators as well, um, which I very luckily get to uh, try out. So they send me goodie boxes all the time with all these fascinating nice. little toys. Um, but there's, yeah, there's like a one vibrator is, is just a super easy thing that you can use together. Um, regardless of the genitals you have, there's always ways of, of incorporating it. Um, but I would say like one of the areas of tension or tightness, particularly in a male body to be mindful of is the lower back and is the hips and is the glutes and is the pelvic floor. Um, and so if you're able to kind of get in around that area, um, if he's open to it and I don't want to you know, necessarily say that it's not, but um, like massaging the area around like the upper thighs and the groin and releasing tension around um, like just above the pubes as well, the lower stomach, lower abdominal area. Uh, and even if he's open to it, the um, the perineum as well. So getting a finger or a, a thumb and, and releasing some tension through the pelvic floor can be really, really beneficial for men, particularly who store a lot of tension and tightness around that area um, mm. when they release that. And it's also important to be mindful as well is like because they hold a lot of tension and tightness in that area of their body um, and we know that tension in the body is a manifestation of kind of emotional anxiety or mental anxiety and we start to release that by massaging or by slowing down and exploring this part of the body. Some Sometimes what can happen is some old emotional baggage or some trauma potentially or just some some things that he maybe have been has been holding on to, some shame and anxiety, can start to surface. So it's mm. a very like if we're tying this back into the conversation we just had about like vulnerability and encouraging men to kind of open up. One yeah. of the ways that I suggest is um, through like a, a massage and you know by pressing into certain areas of the body and releasing tension, particularly around that kind of pelvic area, 
stuff mm. that he's maybe been holding onto for a while can start to surface because you're kind of releasing them from the body. They're kind of getting unlocked and they can start to bubble up and, and oftentimes it's a good opportunity to kind of process mm. those in the moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That makes a Thank lot of sense. Ooh, my partner makes yeah. me want to love on my man now. I know. I'm like, love I'm going to buy a massage table <laughs> and like... I'm going to go to Love Honey and get some male vibrators for We're my gonna partner. We're going to pamper his penis. <laughs> well, mm. and one of the things that I, I, when I was reading about the amazing work you do, um, you talk about sexual energy and you talk about men not being dictated by their libidos. Can you, can you speak a little into that? Because I love that concept. Yeah, so there's this uh, very... Uh, overused phrase and it always kind of like irks me a little bit, but it's like men just think with their dicks, right? This, this Aww. idea that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's, and like I understand where it comes from and I, and I, and I for the most part kind of agree with it. And I just, it just bugs me that I do agree with it. Um, but it's because we kind of have this, um, this story, guys have this story that like everything is, is about sex. And we kind of spoke about this, um, you know, in the, the last podcast is that guys are just kind of always interested in sex. Everything to them is just, about sex or it's to try and get sex, right? Like there's a lot of these uh, pickup artist types that always talk about like how to, everything they do is like trying to manipulate their, you know, a woman to have, to have sex with them because that's kind of everything that, that that life is about to them. And and so yeah. I understand where this kind of, you know, men are you know, dictated by the libido comes from. But I think there's like a really important reframe there, which is like, I think it can be a positive thing for, for guys to think with their dicks and, and that only becomes a positive thing when they start to go, Oh, I actually have this, this, you know, part of my body, which I've been neglecting for, for many years. I've been treating it like really kind of, um, really badly. And, and, and the way that I kind of start the conversation with a lot of guys is, um, when you masturbate, are you, have a think about, are you trying to get something from your cock? Are you trying to take something from your genitals? Like, are you, mm-hmm. are you, are you masturbating with the intention to get something? And, and oftentimes that looks like they're trying to get an ejaculation or they're trying to get an orgasm or they're trying to get an erection or they're, you know, whatever they're, 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 they're treating their, their genitals like it's got a job to do. Right. And they, yeah. um, and they get frustrated if they don't get what it is that they wanted from, from their cock. And, and so I think that kind of stems into this, like, um, taking mentality that a lot of guys have when it comes to sex and they don't own that. They're like, they're doing this because they've got this taking kind of energy. They're trying to get something from their partner. They're trying to get an orgasm from them or they're trying to get pleasure from them. Guys kind of outsource all of their pleasure to other things, um, whether it's porn or their partner or whatever it is. And so in inadvertently guys are kind of dictated by this need to kind of get things. And, um, and, and so, you know, the, and that kind of macro experience can be changed at the micro level where I say to guys, look, instead of trying to take something from your genitals, why don't you think about giving something to them? Why don't you give back to them? You know, give them this sensation of pleasure, like fill your cup back up by giving this time and this energy back to your genitals, allowing mm-hmm. them to receive um, and just kind of reframing the way that you're actually engaging your own body and honoring, like honoring your own cock, honoring your own penis and honoring your own body. Like a sort of talk about um, in the sacred sexuality community, how like, you know, we can honor another person's penis, particularly like, you know, how can women honor their, their partner's penis? But what about men kind of honoring their own sexual organs or their own sexual energy, their own body, um, and just kind of giving to that rather than taking from it. And I, and I often see that 
switch um, be really helpful for them like, oh, mm. I actually have this beautiful, you know, sexual aliveness in my body and it's okay for me to be a sexual man and it's okay for me to like express that I find this pleasurable and that that I have a cock, right, and I don't have to be scared about it. And I often find that guys who kind of make that switch and then start to embody it aren't worried about being the creepy guy who is going to get accused of sexual harassment or whatever the nonsense is that, you know, mm. these guys have this warped idea of this in their head. Um, yeah. Because they're, they're comfortable and they're confident in their own body. And they're like, I'm, I'm okay. And I'm, I'm in control sort of, I don't like the word control, but like they're, um, you know, they acknowledge that they're this sexual person and it's, uh, and that it's okay to be the sexual person. And they're not going to cross anyone's boundaries because they're kind of aware of what it is that they're doing. They're not, they're not kind of taking their aware of, of, you know, their, their sexual kind of policy and agency in that respect. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the way that I frame it. Um, that's great. And that kind of makes me think about a subject that I'm always very fascinated about. Speaking of giving something back to a man, I'm always fascinated and I, I about non-ejaculatory orgasms for men. T- tell us about that. Yeah. So this is a... Um, I mean, I love this topic. This is kind of where I cut my teeth um, in this whole masculinity, <laughs> men's sex coaching world. But yeah. um, uh, the first thing to know is like ejaculation and orgasm are two separate physiological processes. And um, and I can get into the science of that, but, you know, really the the only thing you need to kind of grasp of this is like ejaculation is mediated by or controlled by the sympathetic nervous system, right? So ejaculation is actually a survival mechanism. It's just a survival response um, as with every, everything as part of the sympathetic nervous system is kind of there to help us survive, right? Mm. And the reason why is because if we think back to our, you know, um, ancestry or our paleolithic kind of ancestors, we needed to ejaculate in order to pass on our genes, right? And, and it ended up right. being this survival mechanism, um, you know, sexual selection. So the the ejaculation response then is when we're engaging it is something that always um, kind of keeps us perpetually in this survival response. And it's like my friend of mine, Nick Spadaccini, likes to say that it's uh, a lot of people are having unknowingly, they're having caveman sex, right? They're having sex like their forefathers <laughs> did, um, which is to, to reproduce, to, to, you know, to procreate. But yeah. we don't need to be having sex like that anymore. Like sex is for so many other things rather than just for passing on your genes. So um so kind of re uh, understanding and reframing that is really important. Um, and that leads into another sidebar conversation, which is like, does premature ejaculation really exist as a diagnosable thing if it was maybe evolutionarily adaptive for us to pass on our genes as quickly as possible, right? If you're, um, if you're ejaculating in 30 seconds, you know, you, there's a pretty high chance that you're going to pass on your genes more than the guy who takes four hours to ejaculate, right? So interesting. Um, right. But there's an interesting evolutionarily biology kind of conversation there. But um, but the the other side of the coin is like the parasympathetic nervous system, which is for the most part what mediates and what controls orgasm or the orgasmic experience, you know, the pleasure experience. Yeah. And so sexual function is this like beautiful dance and interplay between the two parts of the nervous system, um, and oftentimes. For, for guys, ejaculation and orgasm happen almost simultaneously, but there's actually like a couple of milliseconds. If guys really tune in to like their ejaculation, they'll notice that there's actually a little bit of time in between those two experiences between their ejaculation and their orgasm. And yeah, yeah, really yeah. all you're doing is like maximizing or extending that time in between those two experiences and to the point where maybe you don't even ejaculate at all. And one of the ways of 
doing that is by really emphasizing the engagement of your parasympathetic nervous system and minimizing the engagement of your sympathetic nervous system, right? In a, in a simplistic kind of nutshell here. Um, because if we get too stressed out, again, going back to tension, going back to tightness, going back to anxiety in the body and the mind, that's going to, you know, through biofeedback, kind of push you into your sympathetic nervous system. So you're saying the more kind of relaxed and present a man is, that it's, and I'm sure this is obviously a skill that you can learn to do, but it, but it really starts with just presence and relaxation. It can make a tremendous man difference in any man's life. Yeah, it starts with, it starts with slowing down. So Mm -hmm. really slow down your touch, slow down your breath, slow down your movements and, and, you know, take your time and notice all that build up of pleasure. And one of the ways that I prescribe to guys to, to kind of get to this point of separating those two things, ejaculation orgasm is take like 20 minutes minimum to build yourself up to that kind of edge of ejaculation and Mm. when you're when you're there at that edge stay there for another five minutes like really through soft gentle touch right rather than through vigorously stimulating yourself as fast and as hard as you can and then just kind of blasting through that edge all the way to ejaculation a lot of guys have no kind of awareness of when that's coming like build up yourself really slowly to that edge and then keeping that stimulation going keep yourself at the edge for you know another 20 minutes and then when you're there, so you've done 20 minutes build up, 20 minutes staying at that edge, take your hands away and notice what you feel. And oftentimes guys will notice like a twitching or a pulsing or almost like a spasming sensation when they kind of take that stimulation away really quickly. And that's actually, I say, and that's the beginnings of your orgasm. That is your, that's your orgasmic response kind of kicking in. Um, and it's just a matter of like training or reconditioning your body to not have those two things, ejaculation and orgasm, happening together because we're, we're, we're wow. creatures of habit and a lot of guys have just habitually created that pattern in their body. So you can train yourself to kind of extend the time between those two things and, and really just disentangle them by being really mindful. Is this something that you teach? Yeah, so I have a um, I have the men's course and um, that's something that I teach to men specifically uh, when it comes to self-pleasuring, for example. But I also teach it I teach the principles to women as well in my women's course um because I think it's important for like everyone to kind of know um especially if you're a man or you or you have sex with, with someone who's a man so um and the idea I guess behind it like um so my my men's course is called outperform a porn star and the mm-hmm. reason why I kind of call it that is firstly it's just a fun name but uh secondly it because is. this uh idea that a lot of guys have in their head about what sex quote unquote should look like is epitomized right. by by porn, right? It's like it's like penetrative, it's hard and fast, it's like 45 minutes long or whatever it is, and it just finishes with this ejaculation. It's like very linear, very prescriptive and very narrow way of experiencing sexuality. Nothing necessarily wrong with that, uh, but if it's the only way you're experiencing sexuality, it becomes pretty boring. Uh, and so I say to guys, look, if you could learn how to have a non-ejaculatory orgasm, if you could learn how to have multiple non-ejaculatory orgasms, if you could learn how to experience full body pleasure, if you could communicate with your partner about what she really enjoys and help her, you know, help facilitate her experience of orgasm and and pleasure and, and have multiple orgasms together, you'd be light years ahead of any porn star. You know, I, I, right. I, speak, yeah. to, I speak to this Fuck idea yeah. that guys have 
about the performance mindset. I'm like, look, you can you can easily outperform any porn star if you just actually have good sex, firstly, because the sex on screen that a lot of porn stars are having is not amazing at all. Um, no. and so, uh, <laughs> and so I subvert that idea of performance for a lot of guys. So it kind of brings them in that idea of, okay, yeah, I want to outperform. And it's like, look, if you want to actually have good sex, like, here's what you should do. The opposite of what they're doing on screen, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so one of those things is like really slowing down. That's a, a cornerstone of, of all of my teachings is just slow, slow down. down. Yeah. That's mm. amazing. That's amazing. Um, well, this was very informative. <laughs> So between this and the last episode we did with you, I'm just, I'm so, I'm, I'm already having so many ideas of like how to connect sexually without like even necessarily penetration. Like you can have a total sexual experience without, you know, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if people can hear my side effects. <laughs> um, but, like um, but yeah, but it, it's really been extremely informative and you know, knowledge is power. And I, it's, I think it's so incredible that you're out there you know, really dismantling a lot of the stigmas around men and their sexuality and also teaching us women, you know, how we can support our male counterparts. And, you know, trans, you know, we're talking about transitioning in this conversation for women and men, you know, it's all about gender harmony and we're in this together. You know, one, you can't have a sexual revolution without all of the colors of the rainbow. Mm, yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what is so? Tell us real quickly again about um, it's how to outfuck a porn star. Is what it's called. <laughs> outperform a porn star. <laughs> outperform a porn star. Damn it! I was like in my head, I'm like how to outfuck a porn star. Um, <laughs> how to outperform a porn star, um, and the best way for people to get in touch with you, the different ways that they can work with you, and and you know, you have a podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, I've got the uh, Men, Sex and Pleasure podcast, which is, um, yeah, uh, like the title suggests, I talk about masculinity and sexuality and male bodies and men's experiences of pleasure and really uh, have some deep dives into deconstructing all of that. Uh, and then my Outperformer Porn Star course uh, starts at the end of February and um, you can find information for that on social media, which is at the Cam Fraser, and then also on my website, which is cam-fraser.com. Incredible. Cam, we, we're definitely going to have you back. You're one of our favorite guests and we just love... It's, it's so nice to have a man on here with us, to be honest. <laughs> like Amen. we're just... We're just three clits up here, raising hell. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been it's been really nice. Um, and you're and you're an extraordinary coach and 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 podcast guest. So thank you for everything that you're doing. With that, Clitorati, we're gonna see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes.